welcome to episode 30 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast, and we're going back to the year 1999. Yes, 9999. What a day. Uh, at the time of recording, it is September the 7th, 2021. I am Ash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. How's it going over there? Well, it's going it's going good. I'm still on the come down from being like on vacation. So <laughs> it's kind of like realizing, oh, this is this is normal life again. So yeah. Yeah, it kind of took a toll on me, but uh, but yeah, things are things are okay. Hanging in there in in that vanilla medium land. Just the average everyday okay place. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to complain so about. It's, it's maybe in the state where I'm looking for things to complain about, but I've, I see <laughs> I got nothing. And All right. I haven't, I haven't been uh, streaming either. So I want to, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I want to get back to streaming hopefully next week. So if you're listening to this, I could have a, if you're listening to this on Monday, when it releases, I could be streaming that night. So <laughs> that's my, plan. so, so much Andy the Android. Yeah. In the morning and your morning commute, then in the evening to cap off your your day at work, just bookend your day with Android. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. How how have you been doing? Doing all right. Uh, People are paying attention. It is a little bit early. It is a Tuesday, but we have some stuff going on. So yeah, we just needed to get this needed to get this recorded a little bit sooner. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because yesterday was the, the last day of our long weekend. So we haven't even, haven't even really fully started the week yet. I don't know. I well, and, and also I'm going to have a couple of days off this week later. So today's Tuesday, but it's also like Thursday. Oh, that makes any sense. (laughs) It's, it's a really weird headspace to be in right now, but I guess it's good because I haven't taken, taken many days off in a while. Yeah, that'll be nice. And uh, how how's uh, how's gaming been for you? I saw you have a long list here uh, for later Do in the I? show. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot Maybe. longer than mine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's that's true. Yeah, I, I. So yeah, I only just picked up my partner from the airport um, on Sunday. So that's also part of the reason why I have more more games in my list was cramming more stuff in. Uh, I guess. To to fill the void of loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> Gaming's always there. Yeah. Checking out some different stuff. And actually, since I had my Dreamcast out, there's one game that I played all the way through because it's a really quick game. Because hey, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of arcade ports on the Dreamcast. So it's really easy to just go like smash your way through a game because it's an arcade game. Um, and that's exactly what one of the games was. So I think I only, I think it only took me like 20 minutes or something to get through the whole game uh-huh. and, and testing out, testing out different Game Boy Advance games, but getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been, been fun and uh, just playing whatever I can, whatever I can in, you know, in between episodes of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, Something happened this last weekend is uh, I went to a block party. When was the last time you went to one of those? I I can't remember the last time I went to one of those. Yeah. 
it was interesting. It was at a, um, at a family member's uh, house that they moved into. And apparently they haven't done a block party in like 20 years, but they've been talking about it forever oh, wow. to do it on uh, Labor Day weekend. So anyway, I got to go uh, meet some I, I basically crashed this block party, <laughs> but, but it's fun. It's, it's kind of just nice to just talk to some strangers, you know, cause you can't really take advantage of that. And it was, you know, can't take that for granted, I should say. Yeah. So that was, that was basically the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I just, just played a lot of games. Oh, and actually I did another cool thing. Um, speaking of Game Boy Advance, I, I remembered I had some parts left over. Um, I had an extra like clear shell and uh, another AGS 101 screen that I never used. So I put that mod together on, I think, Saturday night or Friday night or something. Just like 8 p.m. I'm hanging out in the living room and I'm like, you know what would be fun right now <laughs> to mod a Game Boy Advance? That that would just... oh. That would be so much fun. So it was. I had to dig around and find my soldering iron because there was only only one small cable that needed to be soldered. But of course, like I put it away in a safe place. And it took me, I don't know, probably 30 minutes just to find it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Even though it was it was exactly where I was looking. It just was inside of a box. And oh. I didn't expect it to be in that box. So anyway, but yeah, that was a lot of fun working on that, getting that together. You sent um, me a picture. It was so pretty. Like it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I know. I've I've seen I've seen that build probably on the Game Boy Reddit a long time ago, which is what inspired me to buy those parts. Oh. Um, and then I don't know. I I think I think part of the reason why I didn't want to do it when I originally got everything together was having issues with clear shells when I had to shave things out in the past, like the plastic was so difficult in, at least within or on, on one particular game boy shell. So I just was like, I don't know. I sat down when I was working on it this time, I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty easy. Like I put on an episode of the office or something just so that there's something on the background. And I'm just like, it, it probably, probably took me almost 30 minutes to just chisel away the the part of the inside of the housing to make the screen fit properly but i don't know it was nice it was a kind of like mindfulness activity also making sure that i wasn't going to cut my finger off with the exacto knife yeah um but yeah it was fun it, it made me want to do it some more but now i'm totally out of parts to mod any you know to mod any more game boys and i don't need any more so I'm also not going to like open up an Etsy shop or something and start selling them. <laughs> I'm going to send you mine and you're going to, you're going to do it for me. <laughs> All right. I'm down. All right. I'm totally down. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yo, And, and also, I don't know. I, I wonder what the, what the new IPS screens look like as compared to the AGS 101. I just, I like the AGS 101 because not only is it backlit, it is the original screen. So you get exactly what they were going for. Yeah. Um, but if you know, there's only so many of those. So uh, at least from what I've seen, the IPS ones look really nice. Uh, but I haven't seen one in person. Actually, the Game Boy you did for me, I was I really appreciate the screen because even though it may be just a little smaller, it is a line doubler screen. So games look, in, you know, incredibly crisp on them. Yeah, but man, it's funny. Like that was the first 
that was the first uh backlight mod or not backlight but like fully replaceable lcd screen that was available for the game boy color yeah. and then i think within like six months or something there was like a full-sized one that was out and like now the ones that are available i think they're fairly inexpensive and they look great and i think there's even shells that you can get for larger screens on the game boy color um or at least that it'll accommodate the like the larger lcd screen so anyway, there's there's a whole lot of stuff either like through retromodding.com or um handheldlegend.com. I don't know, there's a few others that I can't think of right now, but tons of stuff. Yeah. Check it out. It's 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 easy. It's easy to do this stuff and you can get a really sweet looking Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, I used to be really against this stuff and I, I, this is the last thought I have on it, but it it you know, just pairing it with an EverDrive and having a, you know, a nice backlit screen. It's like, it feels like the best of both worlds, right? Cause you're playing on original hardware with all the benefits, um, yeah. except for the screen is easy to see. And you can even do things like ROM hacks of particular games, which is kind of what I uh, was doing a little bit ago. I, I talked a couple yeah. episodes ago about Pokemon crystal randomizer. Yeah, so, I, still, I still want to do something like that or check out like a homebrew game. Yeah. Oh God. They're, they're it's so fun. It's just like a cool idea. And then playing it on the original hardware is just like kind of surreal. So yeah, it's fun. It's easy. Everybody should do it. Well, yeah. at least if they want or pay the people who would do, do it. I don't know, whatever, do what you want. Don't listen to me. All right. Well, I think that's, that's enough of a, a, a tangent for me. Anything else you got? No. All right. Well, uh, real quick, just to remind everybody of our format here. Next, we're going to be talking about the news. Then we are going to go back to 9999 for the release of Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast. And then we're going to be coming back to present day and talking about the games that we've been playing in the past, well, in this case, week and a half. But first... In the news, No Man's Sky Frontiers update adds a most Isley-style space towns, according to this particular article from Polygon. And this looks cool. I was checking out the video and, uh, and some of the screenshots, and really, like, it looks like there's real towns now. Like, it's not just a barren landscape on all of these planets. And that's awesome. Dude, They've turned this game around so much. Yeah. They've added so much to this game. It it just would have been nice if that would have been apparent that more was actually coming when this game first released. Now, mind you, I did enjoy the game when it first came out, mm -hmm. but not as much as like everything that they've added to it now. Like this is just amazing. Yeah. It uh seems like it's almost like Minecraft. Like one of my favorite things that they added to Minecraft are villages. They sort of like procedurally generated oh, yeah. just sort of villages that pop up because it's sort of... Giant beetle? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It just sort of breathed, you know, life into, in, into Minecraft in a way that it kind of this world feels lived in, right? It's not just yeah. a barren, like, I don't know, wasteland. So like you were saying, so this is cool. It makes me really want to give No Man's Sky a fair shot. I, I never just like sort of gave the game a chance to figure it out. I kind of played it probably two years after launch. And then, oh, okay. I don't know. I just, so there was, there was some good stuff that had been added to it for, since the beginning. 
I think I was just a little frustrated that I couldn't figure out like the game, like the game's mechanics, you know? Yeah. Like I was just kind of aimlessly like running around dying from acid rain. And I'm like, this is not fun. Oh, so, like, was that the first planet you spawned in on? Basically. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Cause I had started a new character and something like, or, you know, a new playthrough and something like that had like, I, I had also spawned into a planet that had an acid rain or like a lot of radiation. It was like, you know what? Screw this. I quit. <laughs> I didn't save it. And I just started over because it just, it randomly picks. And I'm sorry about my cat. Um, it randomly like generates the planet or picks a already randomly generated planet to just plop you on. So yeah, as long as you don't save, you can just back out, go back in, and then it drops you somewhere else. That's a good idea. I should have yeah. thought of that. I, well, I like, I, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I don't think until I saw somebody like talking about it somewhere in a thread online because somebody was also complaining about getting dropped onto a shitty planet and then that like ruined their experience. So anyway, yeah, I, I just kept, I just kept switching like, and it, it even took me a few tries. Cause I, I think it put me on some like a super freezing planet, um, super <laughs> hot planet. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know what? No, not until there is like a mild planet that I don't have to scramble just to survive from the moment that like I I come to. So, but yeah, like I I would recommend if you are able to or if you have it on that platform to play it in VR on PC. It's it's, you know, this game's on Game Pass. It can be played in many places, but man, Playing it in VR, it, it was it was already a really cool experience. Just kind of going around and you know traversing the planet and flying around, but now being able to just roll up into these different cities or these like little little towns that kind of look like Star Wars <laughs> um, really makes me want to check the game out again and especially do it in VR just to kind of see the scale of what they've created. So anyway. This is this is exciting to me. I definitely want to go in and check this uh, check this update out. So uh, we should uh, talk about our next story. The yeah. um, this is an article from Polygon, and it's titled "The Polymega is an all-in-one retro console worth your attention." And Mash, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the Polymega, very little understanding. In fact, why don't you just explain to me? Assume oh, that sure. I know nothing. What what is this Polymega? Yeah, so the Polymega is a it's a kind of like an all-in-one retro console that's been in development for a while. I've actually been following it and was really excited about it for a while. I still think it's really cool. I just don't necessarily think that this is the thing for me anymore. Um, but what it does is so it's it's an FPGA console that has a disk drive in it. So like that's that's the significant thing about this kind of being an all-in-one retro console is you know like the the like the Retron 5 that's an all-in-one but it's an all-in-one that takes cartridges only again the 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 reason why the Polymega is significant is the fact that it has a CD drive and it can play PlayStation games it can play Sega Saturn games it can play Sega CD games Neo Geo CD what else am I possibly missing? 
Well, so not only does it play those platforms, but it also plays all regions of those platforms as well. Last I read, it did not support the Dreamcast. I don't know if it ever will, um, or maybe it possibly does right now, if I didn't get down far enough. So now let's see. Uh, it does say, oh, the one that I missed was TurboGrafx CD. So it officially supports Sega CD, TurboGrafx CD, uh, Neo Geo CD, PlayStation, and Sega Saturn. So yeah, this this is kind of a big deal. So if if you have any collection of CD-based games of these consoles, and maybe you've got a faulty laser on your Sega CD, surprise, surprise, <laughs> or... You know, or or any one of these. So you just here you go. Get one of these things. Pop your discs in. From what I understand, you can also install these games onto local storage. I think you can also expand the uh, the storage as well. And it says uh, you can also pop in a backup burned CDR copy of something like Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh, so, it's not not particular on on uh, copyright in that way. Apparently not. Yeah. So that's cool because people who I've met yeah. in my life have had many burned CDs of, yeah. say, Dreamcast games. Well, again, this doesn't support the Dreamcast, but you know that's cool. If you've got if you've got a pirated collection, it's nice that you can pop it in and install it on this anyway but like it's got a cool looking ui um not only can you install you know cd based games but they also sell different little modules that you can connect to the front of the console that allow you to uh, like plug in snes cartridges nes cartridges uh, turbo graphics pretty much any like big cartridge based system and i don't know why i didn't say sega genesis um you know you you can also get those modules. You can plug in your original controllers. So really, like, if for some reason you have a gigantic collection and no way to play it, or you have a gigantic collection and you want to be able to install it all onto one device and plug that device into HDMI, this is a great option for that. Uh, While you were talking, I looked up what FPGA means. (laughs) And uh, so that stands for Field Programmable Gate Array, which basically it's a computer that is designed to be sort of reprogrammed uh, based on the customer's needs. So in in this case, it would be like different systems for different purposes. And you also have another article here about another FPGA console. Yes. So... Um, and actually, hold on. When when does this come out? When, okay. So sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. Polymega is coming out. Uh, sorry, shipping on September twelfth. So if anyone here is interested, like I I have been following this for a long time. I just don't have a lot of CD based games, and I have all of my original hardware for my cartridge based games, which is why I got to the like. I don't think this is really for me anymore. But yeah, I, I have been I've been reading about this thing and signed up on their mailing list for I don't know how many years now. Um, so it's nice to actually see it's it's going to be available and people yeah. can actually pay money for this. Um, but yes, now speaking of the other FPGA device, so I figured since we we're gonna, since we we're already bringing up the Polymega since that is being released, this isn't necessarily news, but I thought that 
you folks listening would potentially find this interesting if you don't already know about this. Uh, but this is this this thing, the this that I'm talking about is uh, the Mister, and the Mister is also a little FPGA computer. But there's no cartridge slots. There's no CD-ROM drive. There's nothing like that. This is all 100% download-based stuff. You know, it's it's similar to something like a Raspberry Pi, but much better and much more complicated. But basically, like people are are creating open source projects for all of these different emulators. And a lot of people were using this at first to emulate arcade hardware, to get arcade perfect working versions of different games that just really don't run the way that they're supposed to through software emulation with something like MAME. So people have been developing their own emulators, but they're what they're emulating is the hardware with the FPGA. If the CPU is supposed to be doing something specifically at a particular speed, then the application is written to be like, okay, do like do all of these and like perform the all of these instructions exactly the way that a CPU on a Super Nintendo would, or the sound chip on a Super Nintendo would, or whatever. Insert whatever console or arcade uh, here. <laughs> So the the Mister is also a really great FPGA option for people that are looking for for a potentially more compact setup where you don't have a gigantic physical library, but you would like to play retro games pretty much exactly the way that they were designed, which really you don't get that a lot with software emulation. So... I know that it all sounds like, hey, what's the difference? Why does this matter? Because this thing is kind of expensive. <laughs> um, so it's not it's not actually as expensive as the Polymega, though. So anyway, this this is supposed to be like the cat's pajamas. It's legit. Um, the reason I'm really interested in it is because this would be a way to play an arcade perfect version of Dodonpachi. And though I can play that via the Sega Saturn, it's still a console port. Yeah, it's a console port of it. It's and it's not the same. And you know, it 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 can run very well in MAME or other software emulators, but I don't know. Like this, it seems very appealing to me. I would love actually for all of the different cave uh, shoot 'em up games to be available on the Mister. And I think I think a good number of them are. I'm just not jumping in until it's as easy as like download this image from this website, put that image on your SD card or hard drive and turn it on. And then you're ready to go. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know if it's quite there with the mister, but there are a lot of people just working on it because they're awesome. Yeah. They want to see this successful and they want to make it easier for others. So yeah, it's like a human ladder project, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you say about like arcade games that, you know, m- you know, like, man, I don't think the mister can play this, but if I could play like Gauntlet <laughs> on, on arcade hardware, you know, like that's basically like impossible right now. But if I could, if I could do that, I think that would be really awesome because the arcade version was always way cooler than what we had on GameCube. So, oh, yeah. 
which it actually was a Dreamcast game. So, yeah, <laughs> Dark Legacy, what I was talking about. But yeah, there's there's so much cool stuff that you can do with the Mister, and a lot of different projects. Um, you know, the, the you can download a lot of the stuff straight from GitHub. There's different adapters, so that you can also like get this modern piece of technology working with a CRT screen. There's there's so many different little things that you can do with this, which it's amazing, but it's also slightly overwhelming with all of the options that you have. So two different spectrums of FPGA hardware. Polymega, one nice little box. You just put your stuff in and it you can just play. <laughs> or fully customizable, do what you want. People are still developing stuff for it. And then there's, you know, everything in between. Something for everybody. Exactly. So the next article that we have here is, this this is a rumor, (laughs) but Nintendo is reportedly set to bring the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games to Switch Online. And I I really want that article to say and Game Boy Advance, but, you you know, you can't have everything, I guess. So, yeah, (laughs) but. This is something I keep hearing just sort of echoed over and over, which sort of leads me to believe this might happen. Same. I've been seeing it for a few weeks now and from multiple different sources. This particular article is from The Verge and they are just corroborating or they're saying what, according to the rumors from Nate the Hate podcast, corroborated by Nintendo Life on Tuesday and now again on Friday by Eurogamer. It's not every day we see a Nintendo rumor that strong. So that's like, I'm, I'm not used to seeing the same thing from so many different outlets. So this is exciting. Um, I really hope that they add this soon. Like that would also be another great, another great source and another great way for us to get some more games that we can even play for the show and use a, you know, use that rewind feature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I just really like having save states, like a reliable way to say, like, I want to save right now <laughs> at, yeah. at this particular part. It kind of smooths things out a little bit um, because every everybody wants to reinvent the wheel on how, you know, a save should work. And, and sometimes saving is you know, appropriate for different games. Like, uh, for example, when they released the Pokemon games on 3DS, where normally Game Boy games, you know, support save states. Well, in this version, save states were disabled. Oh, yeah, Uh, that's right. Just just because that, you know, you could sort of uh, play the R&D, you know. Yeah, like, like, no, we don't want you to choose Pokemon specifically. exactly. Like, like, anything else that we put on here, do whatever the hell you want. Pokemon? No. Pokemon is sacred. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it had something to do with those versions. You're able to transfer Pokemon into, you know, but at the same time. yeah. The Pokemon bank? Yeah, you can you could transfer Pokemon to other versions. Is that versions. still a thing? Is Pokemon Bank like can you can you oh. take Pokemon Bank stuff from from 3DS to Switch? Uh, Sorry, I'm like totally diff, like different tangent yes. here, but I, I've looked into it. So <laughs> it, it is possible, and it is using you have to use multiple services because there's a little bit of overlap between the two services. But I think I read about some of this. Yes, when when all this came to be. It's it's complicated, but it's possible. So it, the tube services are Pokemon Home and 
Pokemon um, bank. So you have to, you can read about this. Yeah. And I think from your app or from another device, you can transfer Pokemon from Pokemon bank into Pokemon home, which is uh, allows you to use them in more current games. For some reason, I think that this doesn't work in sword and shield for some reason or, or it's coming or I can't remember. (laughs) I'm not up to date on this, Wow, but yeah. Oh yes. Um, the problem is, is that certain Pokemon don't can't go into sword and shield the the Pokedex is incomplete in those games. Yeah, that's right. So like, we're not going to add like 10,000 Pokemon to this game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that many. I think it's like 50, but yeah, it's, (laughs) yeah, I, I, I get it in a way because you know, like, okay, we're not on a mobile platform anymore. Oh, that's right. There was all this controversy about how there weren't going to be all of the Pokemon. Okay. I remember this stuff. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming, (laughs) which was Game Boy Color and Game Boy games. Coming to, uh, coming to Nintendo Switch Online, rumored. And uh, this Verge article says, which Game Boy and Game Boy Color games are on your short list? And this person says, Wario Land and Pokemon Pinball. Do you have any wish list? Um, well, I mean, they're going to do all the obvious, like Mario Land 1 and 2. They'll eventually add 3 if they don't do it straight away, because they need to slowly drip feed all of this stuff for some reason. Um. And actually, you know what? They better day one have Game Boy Tetris. Yeah. Or I quit. I quit (laughs) Nintendo Switch Online. (laughs) I cancel my subscription if there's no Game Boy Tetris. But no, really. Um, What what else? Like, what would be... So I I know that this won't happen, Uh but I'm trying to remember which Ninja Turtle games on the Game Boy that I really like. Is it... Is it something like back from the sewers? Yeah. Is that the good one? Is that the one that's like the beat em up? Um, you got me. I actually don't know. So that would be great. And maybe like, oh, uh, Kirby Adventures yes. in Dreamland. Uh, yeah. Kirby's Dreamland. Or Kirby's the Dreamland. Boy. There we go. Yeah. That was the technically the first game in the series. And I remember yeah. that's the game that I played. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I never played uh, Kirby's Adventures. With, with so. the ghost white Kirby. Yes. On the, the cartridge. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's correct. And um, what else would potentially be on? So they we, for I mean, sure will not have any Pokemon games. Yes. Yeah. I would bet money that they do not have any Pokemon games yeah. for sure. No, so that will not be a thing. If they, <laughs> if they don't have Earthbound, they will absolutely not have Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And I, as much as I would love to play, Shantae, the first uh, Shantae game oh, on yeah. there. That definitely won't be on there. But yeah, I, I mean, that that was released on, I, thankfully, though, that was released on um, 3DS. Yes. Yeah. You can get it that way. And um, I think I have it on my EverDrive. So I can I can totally play it anytime. But yeah. <laughs> that's one that I would like to be on there. No but yeah. rewind, though. I'm going with the author of this article, though. I really want to play Wario Land on there, so that would be awesome. Yo, and like, I would assume they would put Link's Awakening, or or that would that'll be another drip feed game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if they had like a director's cut too on there, but like both versions, oh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color? That'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. Ooh, and I wonder 
Oracle. I wonder if they'll do any of the oh yeah, the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Yeah, maybe. Um, I wonder if they'll do uh crap. What was I gonna say now? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, how they do like the extra versions. Oh yeah. like like I wonder what they'll do with that because I'm sure that they will. Oh, I wonder if when they when they bring Game Boy Tetris to this service that is rumored but surely will exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting so many chickens before they're hatched right now. I would love the extra mode of Tetris to just be the ending so that you can see the end of Game Boy Tetris for those who are not who those who are Tetris challenged and can't see that little rocket which I know that I've seen before, but it's been a long time. Yeah, I I, I have no idea what this is. So <laughs> clearly I'm in the camp that you're talking about. Got to Oh, yeah. All right. Got to take you through Game Boy Tetris Boot Camp. <laughs> you, can't, you can't save any pieces. You just got to play, got to play where it lies. Play the hand you're dealt. <laughs> anyway, let's throw in a bunch of random things that don't quite make sense. Exciting. Hopefully, hopefully by the next episode, this will already be a thing. Um, but we'll see. And last thing in here, um, also, well, I guess it's it's news-ish. I also just I thought you listeners would enjoy this. So the histories of SNES and Virtual Boy now fit on your coffee table, meaning there are coffee table books for the uh Super NES Works Volume One, Virtual Boy Works. Um, I know that there already are some books uh, for Game Boy and NES, um, which I'm pretty sure are the same series. And these look really nice. Like really, really great looking artwork in these. Looks like there's a lot of box art, possibly some screenshots here, but this is from Jeremy Parrish. So if you guys uh, listening have ever listened to Retronauts, which is a fantastic retro gaming podcast, dare I say they're better than this podcast, (laughs) but hopefully you just like us and that's why you're here. Yeah. So it was made by Jeremy Parrish. He's, I think he's, I think didn't, I think he's one of the co-founders of video game history foundation. He's like doing great things with and for video games. Anyway, check out the video game history foundation. If you don't already know about it. Um, If you, if you've ever ordered games from, uh, limited run in the past like year or two it gives you opportunities to donate money to, to the video game history foundation they're doing a lot to scan all of these old video game magazines and concept art and all like all this stuff that people maybe don't even remember exists or even know that it exists they're trying to preserve it in a way that it's going to be accessible to people in the future so that you know, we as gamers don't totally lose our history. Anyway, I feel very passionate about the work that he is doing with the Video Game History Foundation. So check them out. Consider donating to them. They're doing our Lord Mario's work or something. I don't know. Trying to trying to insert a very prominent video game figure. Praise Miyamoto. Oh, yes. <laughs> Glory to Miyamoto. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, check out his books. Get some get some cool looking video game books for your coffee table. Just make sure you got coasters. You don't want to mess up these pages, man. <laughs> yeah. 
anyway, that's that's all the news news ish stuff that I've got right now. Uh, anything else top of mind before we go back in time? I don't think so. Why don't we get in that uh, time machine in a second? Because I'm I'm so excited. We are going back to not only the release of Sonic Adventure, but the the release of the Dreamcast in two short days from present day. It is going to be what twenty two years of Dreamcast and twenty two years of Sonic Adventure, at least in North America. <laughs> Because this stuff did come out earlier in Japan, back when that was a normal thing to happen. Man, I'm really, really stoked we have worldwide releases nowadays, for the yeah. most part. Oh, God, I'd be dying. I have to learn Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is 9999. Man, what a day. All the all the advertising that's been coming up and leading up to this day. I am so excited for the Dreamcast and Sonic Adventure. But wait a second. Yep, that radio, it's still here. Uh it's playing Bailamos from Enrique Iglesias. It's the number one song today here in the United States. But wait a second, that just finished. And oh, they're saying they're going to play the number one song in the UK. And hey, it's Mambo number five from Lou Bega. Two great songs. Number one today in uh, in two different countries. But also here, what's going on in September of 1999 on the first, the ex-Pittsburgh ex Penguin star Mario Lemieux is approved as the new owner of the struggling franchise. But the Penguins become the first club in pro sports history to be owned by a former member of the team that's neat uh september the 9th the 16th mtv video music awards both lauren hill and will smith won some awards also oh that's that's later tonight that's right it's like a crystal ball um <laughs> so also on september the 12th see 51st emmy awards uh the practice ali mcbeal dennis franz and eddie falco won some awards. Uh, September the 13th, John Elway's number seven jersey was retired by the Denver Broncos. September the 20th, TV crime procedural law and order special victims unit. Man, it's created this month. Uh, created by Dick Wolf, starring Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney, premiered on NBC September the 20th. Man, that show has taken so many hours of my life. Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay. Uh, September 22nd, The West Wing, created by Alan Sorkin and starring Martin Sheen, Rob Lowe, and Richard Schiff, debuts on NBC. Dang, NBC is cranking out some shows in September of 99. Yeah. Um, some notable games released this month include Sonic Adventure. Hey, <laughs> uh, Soul no Calibur. Oh, and also all of these right now, um, until I say otherwise, these are Dreamcast launch games. So again, Sonic Adventure, Soul Calibur, Power Stone, NFL Blitz 2000, NFL 2K, Hydro Thunder, House of the Dead 2, Arrow Wings, Blue Stinger, Tokyo Extreme Racer, and Ready to Rumble Boxing. There's even a few more games. Those were just ones that I recognized. All released on the same day for the Sega Dreamcast. What a launch lineup. Yeah. Also released this month, Resident Evil... Three Nemesis on the PlayStation One, 
later in 2000 to come to the Dreamcast. Uh, Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings for the PC, Crash Team Racing on the PlayStation 1, and Final Fantasy VI is, uh, on the PlayStation 1 as well. Some movie releases this month include Boys Don't Cry, Stigmata, American Beauty, Blue Streak, The Hurricane, and Double Jeopardy. And some of the music albums coming out this month uh, include Showbiz from Muse, The Fragile from Nine Inch Nails, Blackout from Method Man and Red Man, To Venus and Back from Tori Amos, Human Clay from Creed, <laughs> Mia from Black Alicious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just started laughing because it's <laughs> anyway. Uh, Lost and Gone Forever from Guster, and well, it's not music, but a comedy album called Strategic Grill Locations from Mitch Hedberg. Oh. Man, I used to love Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, I still do, but I used to too. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the good Mitch Hedberg joke. There we go. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't try to butcher and uh, deliver it like him. So anyway, why don't you? Why don't you tell the people at home a bit about Sonic Adventure since that's why they're here? Yeah. Um, so Sonic Adventure was released September 9, nineteen ninety nine, as we said earlier. It was playable today on Sega Dreamcast, PC, Xbox three sixty, PS three. And there's also the director's cut on GameCube. So, oh wow, I didn't even put that on there. My bad. <laughs> All good. Uh, I remembered. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, as far as the history, the development of Sonic Adventure began around April 1997 with a development team of 30 members. After developing several titles for the Sega Genesis, producer Yuji Naka worked mainly on the game Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. Good game. Sonic, yeah, I've never played it. Uh, <gasps> yeah, uh, Sonic. The Sonic team started to work on an original 3D Sonic title for the Saturn, but development was ultimately shifted to the Dreamcast. According to Naka, remnants of the project can be seen in a compilation, Sonic Jam. The development. Hey, we were team, talking about Sonic Jam earlier. Yes, we were. <laughs> I, I, which is the probably the best Saturn game I've never played. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the development team focused on graphics and high resolution for this game, with Naka reflecting that we have pushed the Dreamcast as far as we can at present. Director Takashi Izuka, having developed Nights into Dreams, proposed to Naka that they should develop a role-playing video game style slash RPG kind of Sonic game in order to achieve a more natural, realistic feel to the exotic levels like ruins and jungles. The core members of the Sonic team traveled to Americas. Team's journey began in the northern part of of the peninsula in Chichen Itza. From there, the team traveled southward along the eastern side of the peninsula where they visited Cancun, Tulum, and finally Tikal. The team then left the peninsula traveling down through Central America into South America, Peru, where they visited Cusco, Machu Picchu, and then Ica. The Chichen Itza and Tikal provided the aesthetics concept of the shrine of Knuckles' race, chaos, and the serpents drawing on the walls of the temple. Cancun and Tulum provided the concept of the Emerald Coast. Cusco provided the chaos Emerald Altar. Machu Picchu provided the design of the Windy Valley. Ica provided the aesthetics for Sand Hill. However, the trip was not all fun and games. The team 
having unexpected encounters with giant spiders, snakes, and reportedly Yuji Naka becoming ill at one point. At the end of it all, the team returned to Japan in one piece, full of enthusiasm to create the game. That's cool. They got to take a like team-building vacation for building a video game. Yeah. And I, like get inspiration. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I could do that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's quite a trip, I should say, too, because I've been to Chichen Itza. Um, I have not been to Peru, but I would love to go. Naka aimed to create levels that would take the player at least five minutes to complete, yet retain similar gameplay to Mega Drive titles. Following the creation of the basic level maps, Naka wondered, why don't we use this map for other characters? Also, during development, many wrote into Sega requesting a new character that would shoot enemies. Sega thought that giving the characters a gun would be odd. The development team also wanted to break up the intense action. These led to the introduction of Big and E-102. Gamma was the full name, I believe. So. Yeah, it's, it is E-102 Gamma. wonder why they didn't have that in here. One final element that Izuka wanted to have in the game was an enemy that was completely separate from Eggman and also something which um, up until then was impossible to create in a game. Wanting something liquid and transparent, the character of Chaos was thought up. Presenting the original concept, art, and idea to Naka, Chaos was approved on the spot. His role in the game cemented. Chaos ever shifting nature and demeanor was something the team wanted to advertise, placing the character in the very first playable sequence of, of, in the game. The development team conducted surveys of fans to ensure that the final product, especially the characters, would please them. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. As far as reception, Sonic Adventure received generally favorable reviews from critics and was acclaimed by reviewers for being the first fully 3D Sonic platformer with, with some going so far as to call it one of the greatest video games of all time. Sorry, my tone shifted as I read this. <laughs> I've got thoughts. Uh, one of the greatest video games of all time, although future ports and remakes such as Sonic Adventure DX, DX Director's Cut have had more mixed reception. The current game rankings average ranking is 86.51%. It became one of the few Sega All-Stars games. The Japanese video game magazine Famitsu gave the game a score of 38 out of 40. Wow. <laughs> Although <laughs> that's foreshadowing yeah. from both of us here. <laughs> I just can't believe that just reading that. <laughs> uh, I know. Although criticized for its camera system, frame rate issues, and fishing stages are big, <laughs> <laughs> the game was still highly praised for retaining the fast and enjoyable gameplay that Sonic was known for in the 2D, as well as the game's graphics, multiple character storylines, and soundtrack. Brandon Justice of IGN rated the game 8.6 out of 10, criticizing various glitches and voice acting while praising the game's uh, visuals and gameplay. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to say that. Anyway, um, as uh, of August 2006, uh, Sonic Adventure has sold over 2.5 million units worldwide, making it the best-selling Dreamcast game. This includes 1 million sold in the United States. At the time of its release, Adventure was acclaimed 
why didn't they say Sonic Adventure? Sorry. Was acclaimed by the arcade magazine as a quantum leap forward in aesthetics and visual detail in video games. Computer and Video Games stated shortly after release that Sonic Adventure is one of the best games ever made and marveled that many things you thought were impossible to see and experience in computer games are now here. Edges, like Edge of the Magazine Preview, stated that graphical features like an amazingly detailed cityscape showed off the Dreamcast potential, comparing it to Super Mario 64's role for the Nintendo 64, and exclaimed that, as a showcase of what the machine can do, Sonic Adventure is perfect. Speculation arose... Uh, that the game could save Dreamcast, which had not sold well so far by the end of 1998, or even reestablish Sega as the dominant console manufacturer after the relatively unsuccessful Saturn. The 1001 book put the game in its list as video game. Sorry, the 1001 book put the game in its list as video games that should be played before dying. As for the overview, uh, Sonic Adventure. Uh, is a 3D platformer video game in Sonic the Hedgehog series developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega. And it, it, we're, <laughs> Matt's just laughing because there is a Japanese You didn't want to read Sonicu Adobencha? There you go. That's that's perfect. Uh, I was I was gonna go for it, but you, you got it. Uh, it is the first game in the Sonic Adventure series, as well as the first Sonic game on a sixth generation console. The game was released on December 23rd of 1998 in Japan for the Dreamcast. And an updated edition known as Sonic Adventure International, uh, <laughs> okay, or Sonicu Adobencha Internationalu <laughs> in <Yes>. Japan, uh, <laughs> was released on September 9th in 1999 in North America. In North America, the 14th of October, 1999, and in Europe, October 18th, 1999, in Belgium. Why is uh, Belgium not part of Europe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Netherlands and Luxembourg. So, and the 3rd oh, yeah. of December in Australia. Okay. <laughs> there we go. So All over little, the place there. A little confusing because they've got the day before the month on, on this uh, particular. I know that w- this weird format that us Americans aren't used to I, putting I the refuse. day of the month and then the year. Come on. You can't do that. <laughs> it makes too much sense. <laughs> uh, Sonic Adventure sold over uh, 1.27 million copies in the United States alone, making a top selling Dreamcast game. It received a sequel in 2001, marking the 10th anniversary of the Sonic the Hedgehog series. All right, and as far as the plot of Sonic Adventure, a few millennia ago, the Chaos and Master Emeralds were kept at an altar near the territory of a clan of echidnas, the Knuckles clan. A peaceful echidna named Tikal, daughter of Chief Pacha... Wait, what? Pacha Kamak? Yes, Pacha Kamak, mm-hmm. befriended the Chow that lived at the altar and their protector, the water god Chaos. When Pachamak sought to expand his clan's territory, he wanted to steal the Chaos Emeralds and use their power to defeat his rivals. Although Tikal and the Chow stood against him, he ordered his soldiers to charge anyway, resulting in many Chow being injured. 
This enraged Chows, who transformed into a terrifying giant monster and destroyed all the echidnas except for Tikal. Tikal sealed herself away in the Master Emerald with chaos, and the magic caused the area surrounding the shrine to become Angel Island, known as the continent in the sky. In present day, Dr. Eggman learns of the legend surrounding chaos. Because he believed it to be true, he seeks out the Master Emerald and shatters it freeing chaos in the process. Eggman's goal is to control chaos and use its destructive powers to collect the chaos emeralds and conquer the city and turn it into Robotnik land. To help him, he created the E-100 series robots. When Sonic the Hedgehog learns of Eggman's plans, he and his friends spring into action to stop Eggman and they start another journey. Uh, for the Chaos Emeralds. That's that's kind of funny how they refer to Eggman and Robotnik at the same time because those were sort of the Jap- Japanese and yeah, uh, so, American names. So one of the videos that I watched, actually, I think the only video that I watched about Sonic Adventure to get a little bit more history in addition to what we just went over here was this was the version of the game or the first Sonic game where they embraced both. And are like, we are bringing these two things together and making it canon that, like, all the versions are right. These two names are this one guy, and they're both in this game. He is he is Dr. Eggman Robotnik or something, or Robotnik yeah. Eggman, who knows? Whatever. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Yes, there we go. Ivo Eggman <laughs> Robotnik. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they 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 actually they did that on purpose for the first time in this game. Yeah. And you know, just kind of going into our experience with it, I rented Sonic Adventure Director's Cut on the GameCube and at the time I did think that was weird um the Eggman naming, but eventually I just embraced it also. It probably took me 10 years of my own to <laughs> embrace yeah. it. Um, but it, anyway, uh, I actually played this after playing Sonic Adventure uh, 2 on the GameCube. Okay. Playing that extensively, I put so many hours into that game. If they had an hour counter, I'd probably estimate over 100 hours on <laughs> GameCube. In, I played in, it a lot. In the second game? Yep. And I just, on the second game, I just played over and over. So I saw this at Blockbuster at the time and i said i i'm like i don't know what this is but i gotta play it because it's more sonic you know i i guess i'd assumed it was it was the first game but i had no idea what i was in for and uh the game didn't age well then and this was (laughs) this was in 2000 probably 2003 2004 the reason being is when you see the game and you play it it's like there's so many ideas at play but at yeah. the same time like did you guys think to like stop and make all the parts good you know like yeah like there's so many ideas and, and and you know the game was made according to our research in 10 months right so it definitely feel felt rushed yeah. Yeah, 10, 10 or 11. I know that they didn't spend a full year on it and they they definitely should have spent at least that much time on it. <laughs> I think they wanted to make it a launch title for the Dreamcast, but even then it was a little late as far as I understand. It didn't quite make launch. So yeah, I, I don't recall if it made launch in Japan, Yeah, but it of course, you know, as mentioned before, was launch for the, the, the US. And it 
I don't know. It might have been in something that you were reading, actually, where after they finished the game and realized that there were some issues with some of the bugs that are in the game, they went back and worked on another version. And that was the that was the international version that you were referring to. So they did get to spend some more time working on it. So I'm curious, actually, what the Japanese version was like, because I did not play that version. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I didn't if if it had more problems than this one did. But anyway, was there anything else on your take uh before I say a little bit more about some of my top I'm just gonna, things? Yeah, I'm just gonna say that I like the game and it's it's kind of like I like the game like a toddler, you know, because they <laughs> like kicking and screaming and they're diff, you know, they they're difficult most of the time, but I I like it anyway. You know, so that's that's just what I want to say. Just keep that in mind. I'm going to complain about it a lot, but I do enjoy the game. is very nostalgic for me. So for me, I I picked this game up on the Dreamcast probably about a year or so after it came out. Whenever it was, I think that the Dreamcast was announced that oh, you know what, this we're not going to keep making stuff for this. Um, was actually right around the time that I bought my Dreamcast and. I picked up Sonic Adventure and I picked up, I think, NFL 2K2 or no, 2K. What else? I don't know. There are a couple other games that I picked up. Oh, I I also picked up Quake 3 Arena and I think Tony Hawk 2. Anyway, picked picked up a number of games because a lot of the stuff wasn't that expensive. And so I played a little bit of Sonic Adventure. I just remember playing the first level. And then not knowing exactly what to do after getting to the like hub world. And I was like, what is, what is going on with all this like voice acting and all this other stuff with Sonic? Like, this isn't what I'm used to from a Sonic game. It looks really pretty. Um, So anyway, I stopped playing it and then played a bunch of other games and never really came back to it. So I've had my copy of Sonic Adventure for a very long time. And this was really the first time that I played more than the first level. It's, it's rough. It's it's real rough. <laughs> it does feel like the game has so much potential. Like if if they could have spent more development time on this, I just I just imagine like what a better game they could have created with the foundation of this game. And I'm also like I'm I'm really trying to keep in perspective the fact that this, you know, when it came out And I'm trying to not look at it through a modern day lens too much, but I know that if I would have played more than that first level back then, I would have been just as frustrated (laughs) as I have been playing it now. Because I am, you know, I am playing the original Dreamcast version. So it's not like I'm playing with any quality of life improvements and like still would have had an issue. It's like, no, this this game is a little bit broken and like just, just getting, I don't know, just getting stuck on the, the level geometry, the the world geometry, just trying to walk and you get stopped by an invisible, like half centimeter wall. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's where it's where two pieces of the ground touch each other. I don't know. And I also ran into issues in the Dreamcast version, the the playing Sonic Adventure the international version. It clipping through and falling through platforms. 
Like that was actually the worst offender when I was playing as Tails in one particular level. Like one piece of platform, like it felt like it might as well not have existed because <laughs> I just kept falling through it almost every time I landed on it and just died. And at this point, I was stressed out about that because I didn't learn that dying didn't matter. Because there's there is zero consequence, like good, bad, or indifferent. There is zero consequence to dying in this game. You get to continue as many times as you want, and it always puts you back at, your, at the most recent checkpoint. Oh. So that's something that I did appreciate this time around. That's why I'm saying good, bad, or indifferent. This is the case. I did appreciate that, but you know, also to some extent, if there's no consequence to dying, then I'm also, well, I don't have an issue with that, but it's like, why are you counting lives and counting continues if there's no consequence? It's like, you're artificially creating like tension for the player. And I was stressed out. I remember texting you. I'm like, crap, I just lost so many lives right here. I think I'm going to get game over. And I thought that was going to (laughs) matter. Yeah. I thought that was going to mean I was going to lose some progress. And then, yeah, I discovered, oh, doesn't matter. You can keep dying. You can just, you can keep intentionally dying all you want. And you're still right in the same place. So anyway, I'm I'm learning this for the first time. So there was a couple, there was a couple character stories where I was only had like one or two lives left before the end. So yeah, zero consequence to death. You can just keep, you can just keep falling off, keep clipping through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep getting stuck on whatever and then jump too far and fall to your death. Doesn't matter. You can just keep coming back. Yeah, I, I do. It does feel sad to me that it, it does feel like the game totally peaks in the very first level. Like that is the most, at least to me, like the the action sequences, like the city, that killer whale, the whole like the way like they really put a lot of focus in making everything tight and look good in the first level if they could have polished the rest of the game the way that they polished that first level totally like i i would agree with all of these reviews that we've read that it that it would deserve its place with one of the best games of all time and the greatest Dreamcast game and all of that. I just can't right now in the state that it's actually in. So it just makes me wonder, like, did all of these people that reviewed it play the first level and stop like I did back in the year 2000? Like, is that why this has such great, like why, why there are so many great reviews? Everyone's like, yeah, that killer whale was awesome, man. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Maybe. And, you know, it's not just necessarily the gameplay. There's a lot of things that are really janky about it. Like we kind of talked about the, um, it, it was mentioned the poor voice acting and the cutscenes look like basically the early days of machinima, like sort of types yeah. of like <laughs> there it's, it's pretty bad because characters will just kind of awkwardly like stare or sometimes like they just kind of like walk forward for no reason like seemingly like why why are they walking like what yeah all right they're slowing down they stopped all right they're gonna start talking again um and you know i i did a little hint earlier just like my favorite like piece of bad voice acting is when you're battling knuckles and every time you hit him he just 
same exact inflection. Oh no. <laughs> like over and oh, over yeah. again. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's like, did you try? Like that, that's how, <laughs> how about how about again with emotion? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so, it sucks because I feel like it's all of these things are just a symptom of not having enough time yeah. to develop. Because like the thing that I that that I can understand why people would draw the, I guess, a, a parallel to would be like a game like Mario 64. That was the launch title for the Nintendo 64, 3D platformer, and completely amazing. Like, though I'm saying this and I've never actually beat that game. So we yeah. will have to play this game for the show sometime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've played a good amount. I just haven't beaten it. So... Yeah, so they're they're comparing it to this to Mario 64 and I'm like no. <laughs> like I'm I'm sorry. Like I they they totally botched their chance. Like if really if this would have had more time in the oven and they had an appropriate amount of time to flesh out all of their like unique and cool ideas then this really, it would be, it'd be up there. It'd be so up there. But anyway, while, while I feel like I'm harping on the same thing, uh, why don't we talk about some more focused specific things and I'm sure that'll bring up other criticisms we may have. Yeah. And it, you know, just, and just one point there, I will counter you on two points just to play yeah. devil's yeah. advocate. Cause I yeah. saw that I actively disagree with you. Um, I think that in some ways, I think they stuck the landing from converting Sonic. And if you just look at the levels, Sonic's levels, converting them from 2D to 3D, I think they made something that is fast and fun and exciting and maybe even That's true. improves on the formula. Um, because, you know, now you don't just have these like flat walls to stop your progress. Like you can actually really generate speed and even just like jump past things, you know? Uh, yeah hate it, love it, indifferent. Like kind of what you said, like you can skip parts of the level, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Um, and then the other thing about giving the game more time, you could look at Sonic Adventure 2 as maybe the game has more time. Got it. But at the same time, that game is not as good as Super Mario 64. <laughs> so uh, anyway, just to, just to, an idea again. But I, I agree with you. Uh, this game yeah. could have used more time. Well, right. and and I I know that I'm coming in hot, really negative, which I try to not be <laughs> this like this negative about a game ever. So also, I don't want to mis misrepresent myself. I I also agree with what you're saying about some of the level design, yeah. and there there were parts of this game that I legitimately enjoyed and legitimately had fun. And I'm I'm just at a point where I feel so conflicted about this game, where I'm like, I don't know if I could genuinely like recommend this game to somebody yeah. Yeah. to check it out other than like, uh, like I could, if it's like, Hey, do you want to see an example of a game that has a lot of potential, but executes poorly and doesn't quite live up to what it hoped it would be able to achieve, then definitely check out Sonic Adventure. <laughs> 
It's it's funny you say that too, because the video I watched from the YouTuber King K, he said that exact same thing. He says this game is extremely oh, yeah? difficult. Like I love this game. I played it extensively when I was a kid and I still love it to this day. I love parts of it. He just plays the Sonics campaigns and ignores oh, the rest. But that's that's fair. <laughs> but he said I cannot it's very difficult to recommend to anybody. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, and I'm I'm sure that'll all that'll become more apparent as we kind of get into more of this, but um, I guess to, to start off with the music, yes, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy the music. There, There's not anything that's sticking out in my mind where like I remember exactly what it sounds like and I'm like, oh yeah, this, this music in this level. Um, I guess with the exception of maybe like Station Square, like that guitar riff. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think most of the, you know, all the characters have their own themes, right? So anytime that character comes on screen, that theme is usually played, you know, even at no, ad nauseum, basically. Yeah. Uh, over and over again. So if you have like several cutscenes, you know, in a row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it has aged pretty well, but maybe it's just sort of like seeped into my head <laughs> that, you know, this is, this is just the song I've already gotten past you know, any disdain against any of the the music, or maybe I have a lot of nostalgia because even in Sonic Adventure 2, some of these songs are sort of like repurposed or into the sequel or um, sort of like Sonic's theme is like, it's a new song, but the lyrics are the same, which is interesting. Uh, There was one, the egg carrier theme, I really do enjoy just being on, I could just sit on the egg carrier all day and listen to that. that's one piece that just sticks out to me. I think they did really good in kneeling the atmosphere and we'll probably talk about the egg carrier a little bit in levels. So before I dive into that, but yeah, that's really all I got. I know that uh, open your heart. That's like the, the big theme at the end of the, you know, the, the game theme it plays in the uh, initial sort of starting cutscene. It also plays, at the you know towards the end of the game i definitely listened to that a lot as a kid i was like addicted to that song <laughs> it was like my genre of music so um you can, those are on itunes you can download those if you want to kind of have them for keeps you know I, I found out one day they were released years later i'm going to estimate probably like 2014 so okay yeah nice. um so one of the unique things about sonic adventure is the fact that you have multiple player, like multiple playable characters. It's not just Sonic and Tails or even Knuckles. There's also now the addition of Amy, E-102 Gamma, and Big the Cat. And they, they all kind of have their own story or their own piece of the story that all kind of tie in together to the main story for Sonic Adventure. So they're, they're also their their gameplay is different for each character. So Sonic, of course, is standard Sonic stuff. Tails is also just what you would expect from playing as Tails. It's mostly um, Sonic stuff. <laughs> it's mostly Sonic stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially like in the campaigns, that is that is the most tragic thing is that I really like Tails. Tails' story, well, he doesn't really have one, basically. Like, his story is 
half of his story is recycled from Sonic's campaign, which is the most fun campaign to play, like from start to finish, I would say. It's the most consistently fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it sucks that I think literally 50% of what you play as Tails is like, I just played this as Sonic. Yes. Like I just did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe I, you shouldn't, I guess if, if any of you listening do play, don't play Sonic and then Tails immediately, even though that feels like the natural thing to do, fight the urge because you'll get irritated like I did. <laughs> yeah, having to basically play through the game twice. But what, what I do like is that, you know, th- these six characters have their own basic, you know, campaigns and some of them start later than others, but they're all kind of, around the story and they're all sort of intertwined, yeah. which is kind of a confusing way to tell a story. But I, I do like how each of the characters, they almost have their own perspective on the situation. Like yeah, instead of Sonic saying his quippy one-liners, it's Tails saying his own version of the like one-liner. So you get like a slightly different perspective. Like it's almost like Sonic's telling you a story and then Tails is going to tell it different. It makes him sound more heroic and like he did more stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely like an element, a huge element of that in the E102 Gamma story. Yes. Yeah, correct. Um, you you get like a lot more detail about what's going on, you know, like you get a little bit more detail um from their perspective. It's like almost like they say more. Whereas like Tails and Sonic's cutscenes were Tails was just there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, no. Yeah, the cutscenes are freaking identical. <laughs> yeah, pretty much identical. But um, anyway. And and in the Tails part of the campaign, the stuff that is like specific to Tails was like, hey, snowboard or sandboard <laughs> to the Chaos Emerald, but get there before Sonic does. Yeah. It's like, okay. Well, I mean... But if Sonic gets it, like we still win, right? <laughs> no, you lose. <laughs> like that's that's a kind of confusing thing. It's like, yeah. but we're on the same team trying to save the world. So if I touch this thing first and hand it to Sonic, does it really matter? Yeah. You know, Tails is handing it to Sonic. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So <laughs> anyway, so that's a song in the sequel. Yeah. But- uh, and I mean, so I, I did enjoy Amy's gameplay. I liked her hammer smacking yeah. things. Um, She's painfully slow though to, to maneuver. Yeah. That's what I found. I just, I just wish some of her gameplay would have been more varied than run away from this robot, mm-hmm. like run away from the same robot, the whole storyline, just yep. keep running. <laughs> oh, now you're in jail. Now you don't have to keep running. Oh, now you're out. You better run some more. Yeah, and it's kind of inconsequential because you know the the robot can't really do anything to you. Like you just sort of hit it with a hammer, and it'll stun yeah. it. And I didn't it. realize that like until half of the run away from the robot levels had passed. Yeah, when I was like, oh, I can just hit him, and I can keep knocking him backwards. Yep. Like, why am I running? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But Amy's story kind of ties a little bit with gammas for a few reasons yeah and that that was something that i enjoyed like playing through amy's story i like i 
thought it was super cheesy, but also just enjoyed the very beginning of it when she's like coming home with her groceries and she's like, I'm so bored. Everything's so boring. Like I really miss Sonic. And then it's like, duh, now Sonic's going to appear and there's going to be trouble and you're not going to be bored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you could have started this like a less predictable way, but, but yeah, like I still kind of like laughed to myself and was like, of course, like that's how this is going to be. And then, you know, did she winds up what? I can't even remember how she gets the bird that has like the chaos emerald. It literally flies out of the sky and hits her in the head. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it flies out of the sky and hits her in the head. <laughs> like, wow, this whole story is coming together. Who yeah. would have thunk? So she has the bird. That's also part of the reason why the robots chasing her is because she has that bird that has the chaos emerald. And uh, then she's kidnapped, which like, of course, the, the the female character is kidnapped <laughs> yeah and imprisoned and needs to be saved but i do appreciate that it was done a little bit differently it wasn't sonic that came to like and saved her even though i think he was on his way anyway yeah. um but saved by e102 gamma which you will also be able to play as in the story which I liked very much 50% of E102 Gamma's uh, levels. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like just an example of how the story sort of fills in more details. Like Amy and the bird are in jail and Gamma wants the bird because Robotnik told him to get the bird. Um, But then all of a sudden Amy's talking to him and it seems like he changes his mind. Well, because she asks him why. Yeah. Or him or the robot. I'm assuming gender here. Ask the robot. Yeah. Like, well, why, why do you want the bird? Uh And and the, and, and Gamma didn't know. And then the bird, they they stopped. (laughs) Yeah. And the bird flies forward and, and Gamma takes a look and then sort of has this sort of change of heart. But what you, what you don't know at this point is um, that you're part of this bird's family. (laughs) So, so for some reason, Gamma just lets her out and says, you can leave. And then Gamma sort of starts to have a change of heart and has some weird camaraderie about its other robot brethren and decides to free them or by, by shooting them down basically. So, yeah, which that was also the, the, like, that was the thing that I didn't get in at first in E102 Gamma's uh, storyline because I played Amy's story before I played Gamma's. Yeah. And like, I didn't get the connection with the the bird exactly i just thought like oh it's like that's a cute thing i'm not gonna blow it up i guess like oh the 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 killer machine has a heart but at the same time i had also forgotten the the thing in sonic like the very obvious thing in sonic when you when you jump on an enemy and they're destroyed a little tiny cute little animal comes out yeah because Cause these killer machines are powered by cute little animals. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's like a, a mainstay in the Sonic series, which I, I thought was kind of interesting, but yeah, you find out that the, the birds are related uh, somehow. So anyway, the, the rest of Gamma story becomes freeing yeah. the birds. Which and, I, and yeah. And Gamma's like, I don't know. Gamma's whole story to me is the most compelling story. <laughs> yeah in this mixed up six person storyline but like it wouldn't have had the same impact had i not completed amy's story first 
So like, this is an example of something where I'm like, man, they were really going for something. They were really trying something that was not common at all. And I respect them for doing that, but man, I just wish they would have either cut some things with the timeline that they had or increase the timeline or increase the budget <laughs> so that they could hit the timeline and every anyway. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, so we have the good story, but then you have big, the cat. <laughs> and I know <sighs> you, you didn't get very far with big, the cat. <laughs> so yeah, I've, according to my save file, it says I completed 10% of big, the cat's story. So all I've done is big the cat was I woke up froggy left because he <laughs> chowed down on a piece of chaos and then he's in this pool. I could very clearly see him in this pool. Hell, I can jump in this pool. I can be, I can be within inches of froggy and I'm this gigantic cat with big old weird gloves on my hands. So of course I could just grab him. But no, that would be too simple. <laughs> I need to fish for my frog and spend an hour unsuccessfully trying to catch this frog and then saying, this is stupid and I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I just felt like the game does not explain the fishing mechanics to you at all. Mm -hmm. If you are playing the game, it does not explain what to do, what to push, the timing, the anything. So I was doing that blind, got frustrated. I looked it up. Somebody referenced the manual. I looked at my manual. My manual says, this is how you fish. I thought, great, I'll do that. I did that. I could not catch fish. I could not catch froggy. I could not pasco. I could not collect $200. I could not do any of that. I was just stuck and angry and stopped. And, you know, Big the Cat is this weird, you know, giant cat thing. And he's got like kind of the stupidest cartoon voice that you can imagine. Like, ooh, where's Froggy? It's like the yes. whole time. It's just, that's, yep. that's really the whole story. But anyway. He's just, he's just looking for his frog. He's just looking for his time. frog. Which is, the frog actually has more to do with the story because it, sort of gets possessed by um, Chaos's tail. So he has this weird tail that he's hopping around with. And um, I guess that tail compels him to uh, swallow a Chaos Emerald that he had found and yep. eventually, you know, ends up uh, caught by Chaos and then claims the Emerald and the tail back. And then uh, Big and, and Froggy can, they steal the tornado. They steal uh, Tails' plane to fly home. That's that's pretty much the whole story. And <laughs> lives happily ever after in the jungle. So, so yeah, I didn't get to see that part. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the only person we haven't talked about at all is Knuckles. Yeah. Um, Knuckles is the in-betweener, I would say. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Right? Well, and like I, I did think it was kind of cool to see, because like you don't really see Knuckles that much from Sonic's perspective. Right. And so it's kind of cool to see like what Knuckles was up to. And more than anything, I had fun gliding and climbing as Knuckles. Mm -hmm. I did not care for those collect three 
like emerald shard levels. I did not care for those at all. And that's basically the Knuckles style level. <laughs> yeah, you had to collect the master emerald shards. And then uh, also those little sprites that are to call that are just floating around. If you touch them, uh, it'll just say this way and it'll fly in a direction. and It'll actually point you straight to where it is. So it's yeah. kind of like, what's the point in the collectathon that's that's one thing that's thankfully addressed in the sequel the uh, computer terminals will give you hints as to where they are and each hint is progressively more specific okay uh, but it lowers your score so you to lower your rank at the end of the level so that's that's kind of um you know if you're good at the game and you you've memorized the locations you'll memorize the hints and you'll be able to you know get a higher score uh, with practice yeah well is so with with sonic adventure from what I read, because I, I I did end up pulling up a walkthrough yeah. for each one of these campaigns because it, it it doesn't always feel obvious what you're supposed to be doing. But those little red floaty orb thingies, there's always one in the city that I would yeah. that I would always go to, where like that would give me a hint of what I should be doing, and like that that was really nice. That was helpful yeah. sometimes. Um, but there were still occasions where I'm like, I don't know still what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it, it is nice that it, it at least does try to help you out. But there's there's a lot that just doesn't feel clear enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, you know, Knuckles controls. I, I didn't find him able to snap to walls very easily or many surfaces oh, no. many of the times. That, yeah, that's that's true more of the jank that was polished out in the sequel. So Knuckles levels are just, I'm just going to say, thankfully much better. And then I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I mean, I know, I know we already talked a little bit about you wanted two gamma, but the, the first, like the first half of his story, there was so little gameplay. It just felt like you're basically just watching something yeah. or you're like pressing forward to just get to the next cutscene. But the second half of the game there was actually a lot more shooting and it was a lot more interesting, but still most of the enemies, like they, they poise no threat to you whatsoever. You yeah. can just lock on and kill them immediately. But I, I would, I'd be down to play a, a spinoff of like an E102 gamma style game. I know that you can't because I guess spoilers, he's not really, or they are not really a robot anymore at the end of this. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd be down for a Sonic Universe freed mind robotnik robot kind of shooting up things and freeing their friends as long as they actually balanced it properly. Yeah. Because then it, it, it could have been. It could have been so much better. I did like it, like yeah. that part of it, but it they oh, it could have been better, a lot better. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I want to mention um, because those types of levels have played a much larger role in the sequel. So, uh, oh, if you like those kind, of, they they weren't my favorite when I was playing the sequel by far. They're actually my least favorite levels, but uh, they are um, pretty pretty similar. Mostly just because they're they're long, but. Unlike most levels in this game, <laughs> very short. Oh my God. Some of them are so incredibly short. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, here's a boss fight. Oh, I beat them in 13 seconds. Yeah. 
And it's kind of interesting because most of these levels are Sonic's levels, but the characters are sort of put into these levels and the levels are changed a little bit to match their style. But a lot of it is just like shorter segments of the level. Like I remember like Gamma in particular, he has very short, just small segments and of the level and Big the Cat, it's almost like <laughs> you're like in one screen of one level and you're just like sort of isolated in that area. So they were very good about reusing their resources. Yeah. <laughs> I will say and that yeah. makes sense with the development time. Um, and I kind of, I like that. I like that idea. It's just, I wish that the levels were sort of designed with all characters in mind a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, it does feel a little bit tacked on Yeah, with the way that this was all designed. But I realized we didn't really say anything specifically about like some of Sonic's gameplay. Yeah. Um, so if, if anyone has played any 3D Sonic game after this, like the, uh, I guess one other thing I did appreciate about playing this game is like I've played through Sonic Lost World, which a lot of people don't like and think is bad. Sonic Lost World is so much better than this game. Um, at least when it comes to playing as Sonic. And it rated, it reviewed horribly. Yeah. But I had so much more fun with that game because it wasn't broken. But anyway, there were certain things... There were certain things within Sonic's, I guess, gameplay and his campaign, like Casinoopolis. I had a I had a lot of fun there because I got to play Sonic Spinball, basically. Yep. Yeah. And I loved the the knights section, like that particular pinball table. Yeah. So anyway, I I loved that part. There was really like, I don't know. Actually, if Sonic Adventure was just Sonic, <laughs> like if if that was it, I might have a more favorable opinion <laughs> of the game overall, even though I still wouldn't like I still have things to nitpick just from Sonic's time, I guess, you know, the general clipping and getting stuck on the geometry for things. And also, actually, the one thing that I find really frustrating, specifically with Sonic, and I guess with actually no with Sonic. I was going to say with Tails, but I don't think it works quite the same. So with Sonic, you have your, like, when you jump and you hit an enemy and you're in ball form and you, like, can lock onto things. Yeah, your homing attack, right? Yeah, the homing attack. Thank you. That works really well when it works. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were so many deaths that just, like, like, oh, I'm doing my homing attacks. And for some reason, even though there's an enemy right there, I just flew right off the level. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I think some tuning too, that's like, you know, has been, that is like adjusted that attack to be like so much better in like different games. Uh, but yeah, there was like, there's, there's sort of this balance of like how much the control stick is influencing Sonic's direction versus yeah. what's being auto-targeted, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So there was, like that that was probably my biggest frustration with Sonic in in trying to attack is like not knowing if every time that I was going to be doing the homing attack that it was actually going to be homing or not and though I got to say I guess never mind I'm getting ahead of myself I was going to talk about a boss so anyway that's I don't know that's that's all I guess I have to say about Sonic right now 
did you want to talk about levels or? Yeah. So the levels wise, I know that I just mentioned casino, uh, wait, Casinopolis. Yes. A second ago. So I, I enjoyed that, but I, I always love the casino levels in Sonic games. Mm. Um, are there like, do, do you have any particular standout levels, uh, for any of the characters? whether it's the action stages, adventure fields, chow gardens, or sub-games, because <laughs> there's also weird names for all of these different things, which, which are those. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, t- we talked about Emerald Coast because that's like the standout, like highest quality level, probably. Probably what, what sort of was the proof of concept. Yes. Uh, for the game. You know, I, I even wonder if they made a demo at some point and then they made that level really good and then they made the rest yes. of the game <laughs> probably That's, i mean the dreamcast kiosk demos i'm sure <laughs> have that level of sonic adventure and that's yeah. it i mean i i am partial to certain levels i'm, I'm going to be a little biased if we're just looking at the action stages like namely sonic stages and you know that's shared with the other ones red mountain speed highway skydeck all have sort of like similar analogs in the sequel <laughs> Um, okay. Skydeck and we'll, we can throw in hot shelter as well. Uh, so the, those ones, I, I'm kind of like, Oh, these remind me of those levels. So I like these levels in, the, in that way. Um, gotcha. Uh, to a lesser degree, like windy Valley, which is, you know, a fine level. It's nice, happy music that plays and I have fun with it. I love the tornado that rips through it in the middle, middle of the level and you have to escape the tornado. Um, oh Yeah. So that's some sort of like really cool transitional gameplay there. I don't know. I just, but I don't, I don't care for the mystic ruins. I don't like having to be there really at all and get lost in the jungle looking for statues. Uh, That's no fun. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't talk about chows, but I, I'm just going to say I didn't raise chows because I couldn't make the darn eggs hatch. I was, I wanted them to, but I couldn't. So I also did not raise any, I was, I was intrigued and I was possibly going to raise one on uh, my VMU, but then I remembered the batteries and all of my VMUs are dead and I don't think I have any of the right size batteries. So I was like, well, never mind. If I wasn't doing it on my VMU, I really had no interest um, personally in doing those. Um, I, I did think that the action stage of Lost World uh, name wise was kind of funny since I was just referencing Sonic Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a, a pretty interesting level. I would say I like that one also. Yeah. And let's see. Any, I mean, I really did think that like the, the sky deck one was really interesting being on that gigantic ship of Robotniks. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I don't know. There, there were some, I feel like there were some issues that I had on that one, like towards the end of Sonic's campaign there. I think also probably having to do with homing and attacking some of the turrets and things that were there. I like the visual aesthetic of that particular level. And oh yeah, there's, then there's that racing like twinkle circuit. Yeah, that's it's just real silly. <laughs> yeah, where it's like you're you're basically racing a bumper car by yourself. Yeah. And you got to do three laps in under 10 minutes. And spoiler alert, it should only take you about three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like it just every time it was like, 
best time, 10 minutes. And I'm like, what? Like, I've already played through this on Sonic. Like, why is Amy the top, like the top time set to 10 minutes also? Um, I, I just really like the egg carrier in general. I said, I like the music, but I also just, I love like the little robots running around. He's got like cleaner robots that are like mopping and vacuuming. And it, it is mildly annoying that it transforms and you have to do sky deck level just to transform it back in Sonic's campaign. It's just silly. Yeah. But just being on the egg carrier, I liked how there are different doors and you don't know what's behind certain doors with certain characters, but with other characters later, you kind of find out what's behind those doors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I love the egg carrier. I want my own egg carrier that I can fly <laughs> around on. That'd be cool. What? So what did you think of the, the sky chase sub levels? Cause there's two of them. <laughs> and four, if you're playing as tails, you have to, uh, you have to do them again. That's um, right. I thought I thought there was some very clear sort of emulation kind of similar to like Star Fox in a way. Um I'm sure they were Yeah, it was it was a like it's it's an on-rails shooter section where you're flying yeah. the the tornado. Um I thought that the aiming was actually really interesting and precise like how like far out you could actually shoot uh the enemies like they could just barely be a few pixels on the screen and if you a well-placed shot would take them down which i thought was cool but i also found it frustrating uh i've seen speedrunners that just move the uh tornado into the corner and then set the controller down and go have a bathroom break because yeah they won't take any damage in that corner or something That's like so that. funny so it can be totally cheesed uh not surprising yeah well what about you um so in in concept i like this level in execution not so much but i think the 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 biggest reason why that is for me is that you're flying a plane supposedly but your controls are not inverted oh it is so confusing for my brain mm. to have flight not be inverted that flight is the only thing i ever do with inverted controls because it just makes sense. Yeah. I think the difference for me is I will always do non-inverted on an on-rails flight game, but like if you're not on rails, I I yeah, I need the inverted flight. So <laughs> controls. Invo inverted yeah, I vertical, don't know. I should say. <laughs> yeah, inverted vertical. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So I I had a really like I had a hard time with it because I was trying to play it. Yeah. But it just, it broke my brain every time I was trying to move and shoot. So I finally got it like kind of my fourth time playing it because of playing as tails overall, like it looked cool. I would have had more fun had I actually been able to aim properly for the way that I'm used to aiming. I did check the settings on the dreamcast and you can't change that. You cannot alter the, yeah, can't alter the settings to make it inverted specifically for this level. Dang. It was interesting, but um, also just the thing where I'm like, man, if this would have, if this would have been executed better, like, holy crap, they would have, they'd actually have a game that lived up to all of the reviews. <laughs> which apparently was in some sort of weird parallel universe where those were written 
I don't like, are we crazy? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like just seeing how much praise there is. I'm like, again, it's not like this is the worst game that's ever been made. It's not even the worst game that I've ever played. It's just, I think it's just so frustrating because it, it has so much potential. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot closer to a two out of 40 than it is a 38 out of 40. Yes. (laughs) To say that. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, um, anything else on the levels? I don't think so. All right. Well, what about any, like any standout items? or anything it's it's all pretty standard sonic so yeah i i really kind of like how like keys and switches sort of work in these games although this game doesn't do it sort of right i I don't like those buttons that you have to press on the ground oh Um, yeah so um whereas switches like in the sequel for example it's like a little balloon that's just like sitting on the ground and you have to touch the balloon to a certain degree so um i found that a lot more intuitive but um i liked how you know the carrier the characters did get an upgrade system but most characters only got one or two upgrades through the whole game yeah or the course of the story uh the light dash is painful in this game it's worked better in future games uh for example but it's that's it's fun to watch sonic fly through the air chasing rings oh yeah that yeah that was that was really confusing at first like yeah. I had a hard time getting going with that. Like I ended up understanding it, but now if I were to, now that I haven't played as Sonic for so long, I wonder if I could just do it again or yeah. if I'd have to like try to figure it out again. It looks like, I think there's a hammer upgrade for Amy and I didn't even get that. So I don't yeah, know I, I didn't get it, but it, you know, it's the, it's the place where you play whack-a-mole. Oh, Okay. So oh. I don't know what score you have to get, but yeah. you you have to go back and play Whack a Mole a second time, um, or I guess Whack a Sonic, yeah, <laughs> a second time, yeah, and I think get whatever high score to be able to unlock that extended hammer, but turns out you don't need it. Oh, sure, yeah. Because well, if you didn't made... know it existed and you beat the game or, you know, beat her campaign, I knew it existed and I beat her campaign. No problem. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as far as like the item box, you know, you've got your standard things that are like, you know, your rings and your extra life and the high speed shoes, which I don't feel like did a lot for too many of the characters <laughs> like yeah well, like i i feel like when i got him as sonic i was like is anything even different <laughs> yeah and a lot of the characters it's like they gave it to you so you could run up this hill faster because running uphill with a lot of these characters is very very painfully slow oh yeah so and then you try to jump and then that only <laughs> takes you back further and you're like damn it <laughs> you just have to walk really slowly up this hill yeah and there are definitely things like those little, you know, ice stone statues and 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 uh, windstone statues, which are used to sort of unlock a couple levels. But I can't help but think that they wanted to do more with that, be more of like a Super Mario sixty four, like finding keys and opening, unlocking areas. Um, but it's like they yeah. did two two levels and stopped. They're like, all right, we're not going to do this anymore. Well, <laughs> there was that, and then. 
Because, yeah, you have to open those up as Sonic and Tails, I think. You and pick Gamma. those up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, yeah, I, that's right. And then Gamma does it at the the temple or something, right? Uh, Gamma does it so that you can temple. get to the, the Wind Valley. And then yeah. Big does it to get to the ice area. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting how these keys are re- reused. But it also, like, pokes holes in the story because it's like, all right, I already did this as Sonic. Why? Why does Big it's like? Have to yeah, do it? which which one of you did this first? Yeah, exactly. Make it null and void for all the other people. Or <laughs> does like the custodial staff of the area go? Oh, damn it! Somebody put those keys here again. I gotta go yeah. put them back in their like resting place. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> gotta go put it in this random. Dang kids, <laughs> always picking up these these key statues and dropping them and opening these doors. <laughs> you live in a barn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think that's all I got on items, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's very standard Sonic stuff. You know, you get your you get your little bubbles that you can get around you. the The electric one, you know, gets the gets the the rings coming at you. I was gonna call them coins, like I do every freaking time we talk about <laughs> Sonic. Sonic and his coins. Anyway. <laughs> Um, all right. And as far as enemies, I wish I knew what it was called. So there, I I kind of enjoyed the, the kind of flying looking centipede ish enemy, like just, just the aesthetic of it, I thought was really cool. (laughs) Um, I cannot remember what it's called or actually it's a lie. It's not that I don't remember. I don't know what it's called. I see. Um, is it Boa Boa? Is it a Boa Boa? It is a Boa Boa. Okay. So yes, it's a it's a it's like a flying caterpillar thing. It it reminds me of a um, enemy that's in Sonic Two, which they have little caterpillars that are on the ground yes. that like spit fire every once in a yep. while. That they, it's that that is I think that is this, but this is like flying instead of just on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and the stupid, oh my God. So I hated the the cop speeders. <laughs> yeah. There's... Those things were so irritating. Yeah, because they're just like little bumper cars. But as soon as you touch the ground, they all like swarm you and just like run into you and repeatedly yeah. hit you until you die. <laughs> so... Yeah, you're like stun locked. So you can't even go pick up any of your rings that you've yeah. now just expelled everywhere because one of them touched you. So you're stun locked, and then they just keep bumping into you with their stupid little cop bumper car, and then you're dead. And then you go back, you know, 15 seconds when you hit the last uh, checkpoint. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it, not too bad. There are also like random instances where fighter jets will come by and drop bombs on you, um, which is like better explained in its sequel, but it's. Uh, <laughs> In in this game, it's just like I guess there are fighter jets bombing me as I go down the 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 snowy mountain for some reason for or another, yeah. you know. Well, because it's because it looks cool. That's yeah. why it's happening. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it did look cool. Yeah, that's all it really had going for it. Um. So also love pirate, um, <laughs> puppet like robot. So do you remember seeing these pirates in Casinopolis? Yeah, I was real confused when I saw them. I know. I was like, what? Why are there why are there little pirates on these fake pirate ships? Yeah. 
inside of this casino. Wait, they can only be encountered in Knuckles' version? Really? I thought I got up there as Sonic. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know I did as Knuckles. Interesting. Because I, I, I thought I made it up. Um, hmm. Anyway, doesn't matter. But yeah, I didn't know that those were robots. They just looked like very poorly put together people. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess that's better though that they're robots. Yeah, once you pop them, they uh, <laughs> turn into, you know, you're like, oh, it exploded. It's, it was a robot. <laughs> oh, I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention. Well, they when you're near them, they don't come and attack you, or at least they didn't seem like they did. Yeah, <laughs> they don't, you don't really pull aggro on them. They're just like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm a pirate. <laughs> I'm a little pirate on this fake pirate boat. That is affixed to the side of this wall in this casino. Yeah. Why are you in the game? <laughs> I just live here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Rhino tank. No, I don't even remember seeing that thing. Um, okay. So enemies and then bosses. Yeah. So there, there were, there were a decent number of bosses in this game. Yeah. And the, the majority of them is you're sort of fighting different iterations of chaos. Um, when chaos changes form every time he absorbs a uh, chaos emerald. So, but at some points in the game, it's, he absorbs two at a time because maybe they didn't have time to do the odd numbers or something. So yeah, they, they did, you know, you we fight. don't have enough development time for this <laughs> two, four, yeah. six. Come on, let's go. Yeah, zero, two, four, six, and then there's perfect chaos, which is seven. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just have to call out there's like a you know, a cutscene you saw it where like the um chaos you know finally gets all the uh chaos emeralds and quote absorbs the evil energy in them and uh they shoot off in the air into different directions, just further ripping off the uh. Dragon Ball, Ball, basically parody, and you know the the Chaos Emeralds turn gray, which you know the the Dragon Balls turn to stone after they are used. Uh, the the thing is though, you know the supersonic thing and the Chaos Emeralds, and there being seven of them, you know, like seven Dragon Balls. I think that's kind of cute. But when the animation is literally they shoot in the air and go into seven different directions, and then mysteriously end up in everyone's hand. Maybe it's just an Easter egg, but. <laughs> It just like every, ends up in everybody's hands. I'm like, what is the what was the point of that? To, just to just further say this is Dragon Ball. <laughs> this is what this is. Um, so anyway, I'm a Dragon Ball fan, so I guess I appreciate it on some level. But yeah, so with all of these bosses, which there are many, yeah, four of them are Robotnik. I was going to say only two, but I was missing two of them. Oh, yes. There's the Egg Carrier, Egg Hornet, Egg Viper, and Egg Walker. Yeah. Which they, the <laughs> Egg Viper and Egg Walker are the only two that actually put up any sort of fight. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, the last two bosses for Sonic and Tails, respectively. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, the egg walker though, does look real beta though. It looks like it was very unfinished. Like this is yes. like, we cut this out of the game and then decided to put it back in. We we're like, crap, we can't make tails campaign exactly the same as Sonic's. Yeah. Because he we literally need to do a thing different. <laughs> he wouldn't, he literally wouldn't be able to attack egg viper actually that it's centered around the homing attack. So yes, that's why it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's like there's a very large number of bosses, or which Knuckles and Sonic are listed as bosses you fight. Yes. Which that's true. Sonic, you fight Knuckles at one point, oh. and as uh, E one hundred two Gamma, you fight Sonic, yeah. and that's also so. When you were saying like you get your own, like sometimes you get a different spin on the same story depending on the character. Yeah. E-102 Gamma, you're you're about to just like murder Sonic <laughs> yeah. in cold blood. <laughs> and Sonic can't put up a fight. And Amy has to step in and plead for you to not kill Sonic. Yeah. Whereas when you're Sonic, E-102 Gamma is the biggest pushover in the world. <laughs> like incredibly, like that's actually the thing. Most of these bosses are incredibly easy to defeat. Like you, you don't, you, there's no guessing. There's just like, oh, I'm just going to, oh, I did all of the attacks I needed in just by pressing the button three times. Oh, I did the three attacks and you're done. And I've been fighting you for, uh, oh, yep. 1.5 seconds now and we're done. Great. Cutscene. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you blink and it's over with some of these if you just sort of mash the attack button. Um, yeah, like I think it was that way with the Egg Hornet. Yeah. You could just, I think I did that as Sonic. Mm. Like it, it wasn't quite as fast of a fight with Tails, but I think with Sonic, like I just did the homing attack like three times and it was like, boom, done. Like cutscene, yeah. here we go. I was like, what? Like <laughs> that was fast. Now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. I do want to go back on chaos that there are sort of different iterations. Um, yeah. Like that, that actually is kind of interesting. Yeah. And different attacks like, so chaos zero and two, as far as I'm aware, are actually pretty similar. I think you fight chaos two as knuckles only, uh, but chaos four, he sort of evolves into a shark. You know, yeah, that's, the, that's the one in the water where it flips over your the giant lily pads that you're on. Yeah. And in Chaos Six is takes place on the egg carrier. He's much more like an amoeba that's um and Robotnik is just throwing these uh freezing sort of mines out, which yeah. are just you use as ammunition to just send the, it. The, yeah, this was actually like an interesting fight to do as E102 Gamma. Like yeah. This was definitely a more interesting chaos fight than any of the others. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. And you get, you know, most multiple characters usually get a crack at each of these bosses. But like I said, chaos two, for some reason was just knuckles. Uh, yeah. And I think chaos six was only gamma, right? Yeah. Chaos zero was only Sonic. So there was that too. Um, and then of course, you know, perfect Sonic, you know, or perfect chaos. Sonic does his, Super Saiyan thing becomes supersonic and uh, it's sort of a, a dodging game where you have to try to like you're flying above the water towards uh, perfect chaos and perfect chaos can't really hurt you, but 
he can't slow you down and you need to be at going full speed when you hit perfect chaos to do damage. If you don't, you'll sort of like swirl up halfway and it'll just sort of kick you out. <laughs> so it's a, you're, you're going up against two things. You don't want to slow down. You want to go, go fast. You got to go fast. Right. There you and go. then also in traditional supersonic style, your rings are constantly co- counting down. So if you run out of rings, you will also die. So problem. Anything else on bosses? I don't think so. We've, we've said a lot about this game. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess being critical means you have a lot to say because <laughs> we've had a lot to say about this game. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not that we hate this game. It's just, uh, it could be a lot better. Yeah. I think my passion has made me realize that this is the greatest game ever made. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're true. like you're like okay. It's actually a 39 out of 40, Famitsu. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe cut that in half, and then we'll be yeah, we'll be in the right neighborhood. I didn't yeah. mean to call it a two earlier. So no, I, I, but it's it's closer to a two than it is a thirty-eight. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so much squandered potential, and it's. I think it's it's also just frustrating to see that like this was the best they put out to like save Sega and prevent their demise even with paying the reviewers to say that it was amazing <laughs> that didn't work <laughs> cuz people still had to buy it and then they were going to play it and be like WTF Sega yeah exactly now i don't know like i i i do really wish that i would have spent more time playing this other than the first level back when i had it originally just cuz i don't know i'm really curious to see if so much of my opinion is is the way that it is because of it being 2021. I mean, 1999, because we're still in 1999. Um, But you know what I mean? Or, you know, if I would have felt this way all along, because I don't know, maybe I did play more than I remember and I had such a bad time with it. I blocked it. I blocked it out. (laughs) It could be. This way, I won't block it out because this is a recorded conversation on the internet. And once something's on the internet, it's there forever. Yep. It's too late. It's too late. Okay. Well, I think I'm all Sonic adventured out. What about you? Me too. And, uh, you know, I I hope we'll play the sequel at some point. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to because it seems like a lot of not every, but a lot of my complaints, you've been you've been able to say like, well, they addressed that in two and it's better. Yeah. So and yeah. It's it's much shorter than I thought it was, too. I think I okay. said earlier. I think it's 10 hours to beat. So oh, so then it's comparable to this game. Yeah. So I think maybe my hours played sort of artificially inflated how long the game is. But it says if you do the extras and side content, it's 39 hours. So that's how much oh, wow. adding is in that game <laughs> past the main story. So is it like the chows it's like possibly uh, is what adds that extra 
29 yeah. hours to it. So like for every action stage, like that Sonic does, for example, there's like five optional missions that have oh, yeah. different there's, objectives. There's there. optional missions and stuff that you can do in this one too. But I exactly. think it's like, I think it's like two or three. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually fun fact, if yeah. um, you collect all the emblems in this game, you unlock a secret level. <laughs> To this but are the emblems the little sonic yes logo things yeah i have mm, 43 of them or something yeah i th- I think you have like 80 more to collect but what yeah <laughs> and here i thought i was doing good yeah i don't i don't remember how many there are i thought there were 120 but holy um, crap yeah there's a lot of, of emblems there's some that are just hidden around the levels that i don't know if you what? saw any of those yeah uh, I, I i found some of those that's why i have as many as i have yeah there's a there's a ton um wow. but if you collect them all you unlock the green hill zone which is a secret level so <sighs> Well, I'm definitely not doing that. No. That's going to take way too long to get that. But I'll have to check out a video of what Green Hill Zone looks like in Sonic Adventure. 100%. (laughs) All right. Well, shall we head back to the future? Let's do it. All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived... It is, again, September the 7th, 2021. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening. And uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. I think we've been talking for a really long time, so I may not elaborate on some of these things. <laughs> Same. Um, real quick, I, uh, to nobody's surprise, still been playing Rock Band 4. The, the, the current challenge week has been metal, pretty much. And um, ex- uh, the expert pro drums and metal is kind of hard. So there's some yeah. stuff that I didn't play, but I do have the entire Judas Priest Screaming for Vengeance album. So I basically got to play that whole album um, in this past week. So that was cool. That was that's, fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, um, the, the game that I mentioned at the very beginning of the show that I played through very quickly on the Dreamcast is Dynamite Cop. So Dynamite Cop is a, let's say like grocery store brand name version of Die Hard, Die Hard Arcade. So there was a Die Hard Arcade and Die Hard Trilogy game on the Saturn. And... I believe they made this as a sequel to it, but then couldn't get the naming rights. So just called it Dynamite Cop. It's fun. It's like a fun beat-em-up uh, arcade game. And there's also like action sequences where once you like go to the next screen, it shows a little cutscene, but then it says like press punch or jump or right or left or down or up or whatever. And then if you do that thing successfully, then you get the good animation and you get the drop on the enemy. But if you do it the wrong way, then you start off at a disadvantage and you like get hit or you're surrounded or something. So anyway, um, it was fun. I just did one quick playthrough, but it's, you know, because it's an arcade game, it's designed to play through a bunch of times. And um, I only played one of the... I think three different ways that you can achieve that you can choose to approach the first mission. So anyway, it's a good time. It's a yeah. Fun little game. Um, also, uh, because I modded that game boy advance that I was mentioning before, 
Um, I spent a little bit of time uh, starting and playing Metroid Zero Mission on the Game Boy Advance, and that looks really good. It's fun, and I have so much more appreciation for it now because we played Super Metroid. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I get the game, and I I like it, and it also made me realize that I'm actually. I really am actually looking forward to Metroid Dread. I know that I've probably said that before, but I feel like I genuinely am looking forward to Metroid Dread on the Switch coming out next month. Um, and then last quick thing, because of the Game Boy Advance that I you know, was playing, um, I also played a little bit of Gunstar Superheroes, the Game Boy Advance kind of sequel to Gunstar Heroes, which we also played on the show. And that's a lot of fun. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um I can't remember the name exactly, but there is a sequel to Guardian Heroes, also made by Treasure, that we also did an episode on, which is part of the reason why I started playing both of these games. Um, but that's also on the Game Boy Advance, also fun so far. And uh, I had to try out Top Gear Rally because of playing that recently on the N64. Not as fun on the sure. Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Not even close. Um, and then also uh, check out Metal Slug Advance. So playing, playing a smattering of different games on the Game Boy Advance and enjoying the heck out of that backlit screen and that very snazzy looking transparent case with black buttons. So yeah, so there's, there's a rapid fire uh, quick take on some of the stuff that I've been playing. What about you? So I also am going to go kind of quickly because I have already talked about these games before, but just giving updates, still playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic, uh, although I have switched to playing on my Xbox One X and I've been been playing some with you also. Yes, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. I've been loving playing this recently. Yeah, for some reason, there's something that's just sort of clicked and I just want to keep playing, but um, yeah, rock on the, and stone, <laughs> rock and stone. Exactly. I, I really like, um, playing on the Xbox. Cause I found that I just like the controls on the controller so much yeah. better. Cause, cause it's like, call the mule press Y, you know, that's very yep. easy, even though Y is shared with a few, you know, other actions maybe in the game, like activating hover boots, for example. Yeah. Um, I, it, you know, they only, it's, it does, it's never really a problem. It's just like minor, like when I grab a zip line, my character always like reloads, reloads. And I'm like, that's, but that's not a problem though. That doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of like annoying, but it's like, yeah, not a, and I don't even know what the button is to call a drop, but I know that on the controller, I press down twice on the D pad and it's same. Uh, You press five on the keyboard. Yeah. I can't remember that. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I, I be because of you saying that, I was like, oh, I'll just try playing on the controller again. Now I also prefer playing with a controller, because um, you don't need pinpoint accuracy when you're the driller. Yeah, right. You and, got flames, or you drill a hole in things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the gunner sub, you know, like I don't know, chain gun or whatever that he uses. It really, you just need to aim in the general direction. Yeah, and spray and the, pray. Yeah, it just sprays all the time. So I also like having the D-pad to select my different gear rather than using one through four. I don't know why, but one through four doesn't bind to my memory very well. Like, yeah, For some reason in this game, it doesn't click with me the way yeah. that it does in other games. Like Half-Life, for example. Half-Life yeah. it clicks with me pretty well. But 
So I even Half Life, I do like selecting guns on the D pad more. <laughs> than, oh, that's fair. Yeah, using the mouse wheel or something. So, uh, so there's that. I've been playing a little bit of The Sims 4 and Xbox One, though I've cooled a little bit. And really, it, it, it's just been competition for between Deep Rock and my last game. Uh, so, still continuing that story. Sims are, you know starting to reproduce so the new generation is coming in sometimes i lose interest at this at this point so we'll yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens uh psychonauts 2 still playing that i've been playing a lot more since the last time we recorded i'm still loving it and i'm still not going to spoil the game at all <laughs> uh, talking about it, i just really kind of enjoy more characters are being introduced some characters that maybe were alluded to in the first game, but not in this game, or I'm sorry, alluded to in the first game, but not actually in the game, or you're sort of starting to meet those characters. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it. A lot of ways it feels like the original game, but not in a way that I feel like it's going to replace that game. Like I still like that game. (laughs) It's just, it's just different, you know? Yeah. A lot of a lot of the same concepts are there and it's a remarkably good in execution. But uh yeah, I'll keep playing that and I hope to, you know, get further and beat it, but not too quickly. Taking my time. Yes, I still have yet to fire up Psychonauts. I have it installed. Maybe I'll actually start playing that soon now. Yeah, give it give I got it a shot. Other stuff out of my out of my system. I think you'll under you'll get an idea in the first level or so whether this is something that you want to keep playing or not so but yeah this this one is you know from the first game you're sort of navigating different npcs brains and sort of like seeing what their world is like inside of their head and in this one there's sometimes there's remarkably low friction between like you're kind of like in one brain and then you're in the next like here we go like it, it, and that's the bread and butter right the really yeah. truly creative levels so um so yeah nice um i've got two other things that i've put a little bit of time into um so i finally tried out job simulator on um you know within vr um did that when i had my drums out of my out of my office so i had a little bit of more space like a little bit more space to move around in didn't know that i would actually need that turns out you do you do need at least a little bit of walking around space to effectively yeah. play job simulator. So I'm glad that I did that. Um, I did only two of the, like two of the different mission types or level types. I did the office one and the mini Mart one, basically okay. it was entertaining. I mean, it, it's having played way more complex things in VR since this originally came out. Yeah, it's kind like of an early title, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's I think it's really a like a great VR title for people to get acquainted with VR. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, coming into it now, I'm like, ah, this isn't as exciting as it would have been had I played it when I got my VR headset. Like, like you know, right when I got it, <laughs> I would have enjoyed it so much more then. Um, still not bad. Like it, it. It's, I mean, it's more polished than Sonic Adventure. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, anyway, I did that. And then uh, last thing I'll mention is I started playing some FIFA 21 via Game Pass on PC. Man, this game looks good on PC. But also because of how much Ted Lasso I've been watching, I'm like, hey, I kind of want to play soccer and or football, depending on your geographic location. And check out Football Manager. That's what you need to check out. (laughs) Well, so I did start a career in FIFA 21. Um, And when I went to go to the career thing, it was like, do you want to do it as a manager or a player? And I was like, I could do Ted Lasso Simulator. Um, (laughs) But I didn't I didn't do the manager one. I um, I decided to create me. So I created Mash Newton as a striker for Chelsea. I chose Chelsea because that is a football club name that I am familiar with. (laughs) And I've, I saw that their stats are good. And I think, I think a mutual friend of ours liked Chelsea, either that, or he hated Chelsea. No, it's a former. Yeah. Like Chelsea. Okay. He likes Chelsea. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So I, I picked Chelsea, played a match against Crystal Palace and played a couple other matches. Like anyway, going through doing the career thing it's been fun i feel like i i mostly get how to play the game now i had a very like (laughs) i had an issue back when i used to play fifa with this mutual friend where he never really played video games but he could always kick my butt at fifa (laughs) um i just i never i never I don't know. I never got good at shooting goals ever. Like, like anytime back when I would play with him that I would try to like, like I'd get an open shot at the goal. I'd like kick it like 50 feet above the keeper's head and like (laughs) way over the net. Like every time, like, damn it. Or that, or like way far left or way far right. So like, I finesse it a little bit more now and don't put like, don't put quite as much power and I don't like jam the control stick, like any one direction. Um, so anyway, doing a lot better, having fun. And, uh, I don't know. It's just been a, it's been a fun way to pass. I guess, I guess actually it's kind of replaced me playing rocket league. It's kind of the same game. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of exactly the same. But, you know, I also have a greater understanding for playing, sorry, a greater appreciation for playing the FIFA games now because I actually know the rules of the game. That was always a thing growing up that I never knew the, the rules. So I didn't understand when offsides would get called. I didn't know why when I slide tackled people, but like I would get a yellow or a red card, but they would slide tackle me and nothing would happen. Like I just, I didn't get all of that. So from watching the World Cup a few years ago for the first time and like asking questions to somebody who grew up (laughs) with the game, um, like being able to ask questions, be like, okay, what the hell just happened? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Having a lot more fun playing FIFA. It's been great. And that's, that's all I've been playing. So. You got anything else to say before we get the heck out of here and talk about what the next game is? Let's let's do it. I make I'm excited for the announcement. Cool, because it's late. We gotta get going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So um, I picked the next episode, and our next episode is gonna be on Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. 
very mm-hmm. excited. I have not beat this game in a number of years. Um, and I was craving a, what I think is a very well-designed and well-executed game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, really... It's it's been a while, and I, I'm I'm a fan of Donkey Kong Country, and I really love Tropical Freeze, but that isn't old enough yet. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be doing that. So reminder, everybody, we got a Discord server if you want to come jump in and check it out. Um, got links on the on our website. Got links here in the uh, podcast app that you're whatever player you're using right now. Oh, also shout out to uh, what is it? Um, Good Pods. Good Pods is a cool podcasting app that I've just kind of started using myself. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I think I'd even heard of this and like balked at it and was like, that's stupid. And then I, <laughs> and then somebody else had mentioned something about it. And then I, and then I had thought of, oh, that sounds cool. So <laughs> totally contradicting myself. Um, but yeah, it's kind of social media esque with podcasting. Oh, cool. Where, Somebody basically invited me to a podcast group where you can talk about what you've been listening to. And when you listen to different episodes, it like you can individually rate episodes within this platform. So it's like it's way more meta with everything. But because of it, I've seen individual episodes posted from a lot of other folks that also create video game related podcasts. And like just kind of seeing some of the stuff that's not gaming related that they've been listening to that I've checked out in the past couple of days. And I found some pretty cool podcasts that aren't anything to do with video games. Um, I did find some other ones that are cool that have to do with video games um, <sighs> that are all like, you know, modern game news focused, or there's also other shows that are kind of similar to ours. Um, so anyway, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Good pods is a, it's a cool thing to check out. Yeah. Anyway. So that's uh, that's it. I'm gonna do <laughs> gonna do the normal thing now. <laughs> so uh, thanks everybody for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there. Heck, I was just talking about a bunch, uh, but we really appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and hey, even on Good Pods now. Uh, also, you can join our Discord as mentioned before and come join us next time when we talk about Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Bye for now. See ya.